Johnny Cage, Kenobu, Kang, Raiden, Scorpion, Sonya, Blade, Sub-Zero, Goro, Shang, Zora, Tabaraka, J-Jack, Kintaro, Kitana, Kung Lao, Merlini, Nanook, Seba, Stout, Shao Kahn, Fung, Chameleon, Cyrax, Earth, Makabo, Motaro, Nightwolf, Insector, Sheep, The Sindel, Striker, Fu, Jin, Quan, Shi, Shin, Oxo, Reno, Jerick, Kaimi, Reiko, Tanya, Tremor, Blade, Go, Raicho, Dramin, Fosu's now, Tan, Kenji, Mavado, Mocap, Moloch, Katara, Ashra, Dairo, Darius, Havoc, Hotaru, Kira, Cobra, Onaga, Shijinko, Gigante, Vondavora, Cassie, Cage, Aaron, Black, Ferrator, Jackie, Briggs, Kotokan, Kongjin, Takeda, Tri, Dwarf, Cetrion, Scarlet, Gareth, Collector, Chronica, Welcome to Mortal Podcast, the show where I walk my friends through the history of Mortal Kombat uh, from the perspective of a single character. Today, I have two very special guests, filmmakers Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson. How are you guys doing? I am so, so excited. Could you just list off all of your movies uh, for anyone listening who maybe has only seen the most recent ones, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home and (laughs) Spider-Man Homecoming? Uh, man, we would be, uh, we would be so lucky, but (laughs) (laughs) no, we've done, uh, uh, some small movies called, uh, resolution, uh, slightly larger called spring, the endless. And we have one coming out called synchronic, which is premiering at TIFF in like nine days. And And here we are talking about mortal Kombat. This episode, this episode will come out the, the um, Monday after it premieres. No, I think the Monday before I think, yeah, this episode's coming out September 2nd. Uh, and your premiere is when? September 7th. September 7th. So if you are a Toronto listener who already has passes to TIFF but hasn't selected their movies yet and the screening isn't sold out, at the time that this episode comes Actually, out... tickets will be on sale starting September 2nd. Okay, quick! Stop <laughs> the podcast! Now. Get on your computer! You gotta, you gotta get tickets to go see Synchronic at TIFF. Uh, and if you're listening to this episode later on, isn't it crazy that Synchronic won best picture at the oscars the academy awards that's that was wild i was gonna say tiff and you guys like jumped yeah 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 no i mean who would have thought putting captain america and christian gray together would be just an immediate they just give you the early oscar (laughs) they just give it to you they go thank you for (laughs) making a a true hollywood film for (laughs) fans of entertainment cinema and tinseltown um yeah well guys uh, before we get into the character we're covering today on the show, um, I, there's a loose theme that ties all the characters uh, that we're covering in season two of Mortal Podcast together, uh, and that theme is friendship. Wait, sorry, there's a season two? This is the second season of Mortal Podcast. What? Did you take a break? Yeah, I took a small break. Like a I week? Took, I took like a, a like five and a half week break. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is, Mortal Podcast is older than anyone could possibly <laughs> Really wrap their heads around. This I've is listened the, to so many episodes. I feel like I always had a stream of it. This so. is the fifteenth episode, which and there's been a break. So I, I, I think we I've been doing Mortal Podcast for like close to half a year. Getting there, not quite there. Getting there though. Yeah. So there's a lot. There's a lot of Mortal Podcast going on. Have you ever talked about how you became a Mortal Kombat scholar? 
I'm genuine. I'm sincerely curious. I have. Okay, yeah, I have, but I am always happy to talk about it again. And the answer is... <laughs> this is actually um, cute. Okay. <laughs> when I was a kid, uh, I'd go to the arcade. I didn't have a lot of money, so I couldn't play a lot of games. Uh, Mortal Kombat had the most attractive attract mode on the cabinets because I'd go over and I'd be like, oh, there's like ninjas and monsters on the side of this cabinet. What is this game? And when someone wasn't playing, these screens would come up saying like Raiden. Raiden is a god from the th- the Ma- Thunder Mountain. And he takes like it would come up with like a profile for every character and it would just cycle through trying to get someone to come to the cabinet and actually play the game. And so I would uh, just stand there reading all of them because uh, I didn't I couldn't actually play. And then when I did have the quarters to play, like I'd show up with like, you know, five dollars worth of quarters or a dollar worth of quarters and I would play Mortal Kombat like a few times and lose over and over again, like instantly. I wasn't good at it anyway. So, uh, so long story short, it was because I couldn't afford to play it. I would just like watch all of the character profiles until I knew all of their backgrounds. And then when I was able to like have my own home console and play games at home, um, I would be most interested in like, so what's next in the story for like Sub-Zero or like for Scorpion? Because <laughs> that was funny. where I came into it from. I didn't come into it from like, being good at playing a fighting game. Yeah. Huh? Mm-hmm. That's adorable. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. That's and I've good. kept up with it because it's the greatest story ever told. Okay. I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, I will say there are a few things that have kept a continuous story for as long as Mortal Kombat has. And when I say few, I mean hundreds. But um, <laughs> there are... There are not many in video games, there's not a lot of franchises that we've like grown up with that have continued to be sequelized and not really rebooted since we were young. I think oh, it was like, man, that's actually a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a Mortal Kombat reboot? I mean, I know that there's a split universe there, at some point. Right. But... So there's a reboot, but it keeps the continuity. Right. And then the most recent see a multiverse game you can do gets even you more into it. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because there is not a multiverse. Is it just different realms? Is it, that is it like a new realm of Earth no, realm? No, it's conf- it's a little confusing, but I think that I think it's it's a it's a straight line mm-hmm. in the mortal the Mortal Kombat timeline, and so it's more like things go in one direction for a while, then they loop back to a certain point and branch off in another direction. But I'm not I'm not sure that those two branches exist at the same time, right? Or if it is, it's the kind of time travel where it's like you go into the past and you change something, and the future is just different. Doesn't well, like necessarily so create a second. Mortal Kombat break. Eleven has time quakes, yeah, which did affect the past, right? It it brought no, no, it didn't. Well, you, we'll, you made we'll, a new. We'll, you know what? We'll get branch. into it. Okay, we'll get right, into cool. it. There's All a very right. there's a very simple answer to that question, but we'll get there. How do you how do you feel about um about the uh, the, the the basically it started as a short film that was released on YouTube. I think it's called Rebirth. Or yeah, Mortal like Kombat that. Rebirth. It uh, I think the short was called Rebirth, and the yeah. series was called Legacy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, yeah. How did you How did you feel about a complete kind of like like for example, Baraka becomes? They're like Baraka is now a plastic surgeon who changed himself. Yeah. And I, I felt a... weird about it because it did remove like a lot of the fantasy. Yeah. But then the series, which I only watched some of, put it back yeah. in, but kept the like look and the grittiness. Yeah. Which I thought was an interesting idea. I support any amount of Mortal Kombat media. There's a new movie coming out. Oh, by the way, can I, I call to order the 
first meeting of the support group of people, they didn't even ask to do the new didn't Mortal even, Kombat movie. I didn't get a call. What the it's hell Shia. is that about? Who, yeah. who watches our movie Resolution about two guys sitting in a cabin talking for 90 minutes and goes, they should direct yeah, Mortal They Kombat. shouldn't direct it. Like, that's insane. <laughs> uh, they sh- we should have been first on the list. But didn't didn't you guys like that short film when it was first released? I, I yeah. remember when I first saw it, I was like, this is actually cool. I didn't watch yeah. the rest of it. I just couldn't I believe it had a budget. I was just yeah. like, whoa, that's a movie. It reminded me of um, Saw, which I'm a big fan of, the Saw franchise. I love the Saw movies, and I have seen every single one of them in theaters because, not unlike Mortal Kombat, they have the, like, wildly convoluted mythology that you can track. Like, it it all checks out. That's the best stuff. Like, it is so complicated and needlessly complicated. It does not need to be half mm-hmm. as complicated as it is, but it's airtight. They have an answer to everything which makes it so much more enjoyable to me like i'll go to a saw movie partially just to watch the movie itself and partially just because it's fun to be like oh yeah they've brought back the one guy who was an assistant to saw but then he wanted to take over and then he got into an argument with saw's wife and then they and then he but he hoffman he came back and then he actually there's two factions of the saws and it's just like fun do you to i've only ever stuff. seen saw one oh buddy and so i i hear that and i was like what Dude, what it on earth? goes, <laughs> it goes, it goes ape shit. It rules. At the very least, you should watch up to the third saw because they I've do. Heard that. Yeah, they get great. And then I think the the sixth the sixth saw, which came out in like, I don't know, had to be like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Like it was uh, two thousand ten, maybe. Uh, it's about healthcare. It was like one of the earliest movies about how like the American healthcare system is fucked up. That actually, uh, there's a good connection in recent there too. like memory. Yeah. yeah. Do you, do you think? That so okay so so James Wan, the producer director of Saw, mm-hmm. is doing the Mortal Kombat movie. Right. Do you think James Wan walked into the meeting to do Mortal Kombat and he's like, "Look, guys, I understand complicated <laughs> mythology." Okay. Instead of like, I understand ripping people apart. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like in needlessly gory ways. It is. Uh, I'm gonna say that's definitely what happened. Can I also talk about yeah. uh, my personal favorite needlessly complicated mythology? Yes. Because it's, I would say it's Mortal Kombat, but it's not needlessly complicated. It's perfect. Yeah, um, it is. It's pristine. Uh, my favorite one is Metal Gear Solid. Oh, dude. It yeah, is so that's a good. good. One. There's nine hours of cutscenes just in Metal Gear Solid 4 mm-hmm. that's just like the longest soap opera movie that all. I don't even know if it makes sense. You say that you say that Saw does, and I just well, trust you on it. The but thing like, that I, I, no I really clue. like about and the I Metal Gear Solid mythology is that it makes sense going by emotional logic. Well, I think also the the way to have one of those like thread the needle mythologies mm-hmm. like Metal Gear Solid um, is you kind of go with a. Uh, a Coen Brothers or Twin Peaks thing where everyone has like nine names right. and, and takes over someone else's personality or they take over someone else's yeah, code name. Yeah, there's a lot name. of possession yeah, in the of, Metal Gear franchise. Yeah, exactly. There's, yeah. there's just like everyone's name Snake and sometimes it's the same person and mm-hmm. like Liquid Snake is Snake but he's a, yeah. he's a, lot a of double. Clones. He's a, du- a lot, lot of clones. clones like exactly. the Mortal Kombat franchise. You know, or yeah. it's like, oh, I've now given you the title of Big Boss but that was actually before it was just Boss and you know. Yeah. yeah. Clones is one of my favorite elements that people just like wantonly add to already very complex like sci-fi or fantasy worlds i remember i mean like there are references to the clone wars in the original trilogy of star wars but i was young enough when the prequels started coming out that i remember when they announced attack of the clones i was like there's clones what why because i wasn't the kind of kid who was like 
watching and observing and like digesting every single line of dialogue in the original trilogy. So by mm-hmm. the time they announced that title, I was like, well, this doesn't make sense. Can you just have that? Could you just say there's clones now? But Mortal Kombat does that too. And in the, in the, I think the third game, they just start going like, so there's a clone uh, and the clone. Yeah. Uh, we'll is get that, into a little bit in Baraka's story. Well, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Is smoke, smoke is one of like the yes. Sub-Zero. So there's like a bunch of clones of Sub-Zero no, and or Scorpion. No, yeah. no, 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 Smoke no. is not a clone. I'm not going to argue with you. Never yeah. mind. You know. You know. <laughs> yeah. I, I could have sworn he was a clone. Smoke is, or is it, what's, uh, what's smoke's also... like Hungarian and Sub-Zero's uh, Chinese. Yeah. Wait, which which one is... What? What's they're, identical they're like to Smoke? Also gray. Oh, Reptile. Reptile. Is he a clone? Reptile's not a clone either. Is anyone a clone of Sub-Zero? No, there are no clones. My Sub-Zero my, has I a am... little brother. I know that. Named, well, there's... Named two, Ice yeah, or something like that. Na- uh, well, no. There's, there's Sub-Zero in the first game, and then his little brother was codenamed Tundra, and then the first Sub Zero dies, and then yes. Tundra takes on the mantle of Sub Zero, and then he has a uh, he has a um, apprentice named Frost. Do you know Frost? That's what it is. is do you it? know how also I know that? Answer. Do you know how I know that? How do you know that? Because I listen to every episode of this podcast. There we go. Man. Good, good answer. I, good I, answer. Didn't, I didn't know this, and now that I know this, I feel like if I were Sub Zero, I would look at Reptile, I would look at Smoke, I'd look at all those guys, and be like, I will see you in court. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. you can't just. You can't Copy someone's, someone's whole yeah, personal exactly. brand. Well, they all have their own variations. You know, like, is it the same outfit, but yellow? <laughs> yes. But Scorpion <laughs> is fire. So Zero to Zeiss. It's Reptile totally is different. so different. Reptile, Reptile is coveted. Spits, spits acid and also has a lizard body underneath. Yeah. yeah. Also, by the way, I... I I have a favorite moment of the Mortal Kombat movie, which is, by the way, the vast majority oh, of my original uh-huh. exposure to Mortal Kombat because yeah. I wasn't allowed to play the games until I, I bought the last three games, and that's when I was like, oh, that's what Mortal Kombat really is. When you um, bought them, did you feel like a, a thrill? Like, ooh, I'm a grown-up. I can buy whatever games I want. Yeah, yeah, ve- definitely. It didn't leave you? <laughs> no, I, did, I, I loved it. But I think have the, you the movie itself is like... Have you played the Mortal Kombat games yet? I can't. Is this you coming out at, to your parents? They're not going to listen to Mortal Podcast. Gamer? What if my dad listens to Mortal Podcast? I'm sending him an email. <laughs> All right. The, uh, uh, but the movie, the movie's rated PG-13, right? Yeah. I wouldn't even know. They haven't had an R-rated movie I yet. I still think they nailed it. I thought that was the coolest movie I've ever seen. But my favorite moment is when you, when it's, when, uh, I guess they throw that lizard thing into an old body. Oh, yeah. And then you just hear somebody just say the word reptile. Yeah, and and then reptile comes to life. It's not like established in the movie that the narrator that an from announcer. the games is also in the movie. Yeah, except for that one moment. That one moment. Reptile. I mean, they say all the other stuff like test your might and finish him yeah. and all that, but but characters say that. But then they just like say the word reptile in the soundtrack or it's, something. It's so definitely good. because they screened a cut, and some producer was like, "How are people going to know that that's reptile?" <laughs> What? Just because he's the only lizard ninja? <laughs> and the director, Paul Letting W.S. Anderson, yeah. was like, yeah, that's exactly how they're going to know. And they said, no, 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 no. Get the guy. Who's the guy that says reptile in the game? He's got to do it in the movie, too. In, in, your, in, your, um, in your memory of childhood, in your memory, is the Mortal Kombat movie like this amazing work of cinematography? And like it's like everything's photoreal and perfect and amazing visual effects. Like In your memory? No. Actually, no. Even then, I was like, this is just a thing for fun. Yeah. But, but what it did do is, in my memory, uh, the kind of, um, I guess, Southeast Asian... Uh, nev- uh, What's what's the the architecture of the netherworld or, or outworld? Ne- uh, outworld? Outworld. Outworld. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that just was something that became normal to me between that and the movie Tomb Raider. Or oh, in the like first. That. Well, that actually, I was, I, it they... wasn't even exotic. It was just like that's what 
that's what things look like when they're not just in the normal world. It was just it, it wasn't oh, it wasn't special. Assumed, so your your point of yeah. reference for fantasy worlds in film exactly. was was Outworld. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I will say though that in the first Mortal Kombat movie they don't go to Outworld. Yeah. What you're talking about is Shang Tsung's island, uh, which is in Earth Realm. No, and then and then uh, wh- wait, then where's? Yes, they do. Mm. All right. Well, somebody please email Ben and correct him. Do they do they go there in Annihilation? I thought yes. he steals right. Sonya Blade. Yes. Wait, they steal Sonya Blade. Or Shang Tsung cheats, takes Sonya Blade, and says, "I challenge her," and then like jumps into a portal to Outworld, and that's where they meet Reptile, where everything looks crazy. Mm. Why is there like thunderstorms everywhere? I think that that is still Shang Tsung's island, but I will say that it's been a while since I've watched it, and maybe it doesn't follow the plot of the first game as closely as I remember. I'm going to look into it. Okay. Please don't yell at me. Um, okay. I need to be right about this. <laughs> In the interest of time, though, let's, let's, just, uh, let's just dive back into real quick, before we get into the character we're covering today, who is Baraka, um, per your request. So I'm excited to hear your reactions to this character. And by you, I mean my guests requested Baraka. Oh, okay. I, said, okay. I was like, uh, I said, who do you want? And they said, Baraka, we have to do Baraka. So I, we're doing it. I just think Baraka is the scariest character. Yeah. Sure, uh, sure. Visually and because he's so mysterious. You don't know. Right. Like for me anyways, I just don't know much about him. Yeah. I'm just like, how did he get like organic bone blades mm-hmm. in his hands? And oh, why is his else. mouth that big? And, and uh, and he just seems like a unfeeling savage, but I'm probably yeah. wrong. No, no, for no, him you're, and you're close. for me, it was it was the fact it's just him and Goro are the only ones that I when I think immediately of Mortal Kombat, I think of monsters. Yeah, and everyone yeah, else yeah. is a human dressed as something with like cool powers. Mm-hmm. But and by the way, I like Goro's also amazing. But I know you already did him. And uh, and so we're just like, yeah, Baraka's actually, he's also got his teeth filed down. Like that's... Oh no, that's just organic. We'll get into it in a second. But okay. real quick, before we do, uh, a short segment called Friendship, playing off of the theme of the season, in which we talk about uh, how we became friends. Okay. Oh man, actually, I think I remember the first time I met, when we became friends, we were, <laughs> we were shooting that ridiculous... Oh, promo yeah. video. Was that for we could bring pr- or was that for resolution? Uh, that was for resolution. And by the way, us becoming friends is on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if you want to see us becoming friends, there's a promo for Justin and Aaron's first movie, Resolution, that I went to Aaron's house to film. Am I a hostage? Yes. Did you execute or me? Someone was a hostage. We carved the the yes! pentagram in your yeah, head. That's what that was. That's yeah. that's yeah, what yeah, that's yeah, when yeah. him yeah. and I became friends. Right. You guys knew each other. That's <laughs> yes. how we ended up there. But that 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 is how wow. uh, you and I became yeah. friends. And and you can wow. literally people listeners can literally go online and watch us becoming friends. What is the name of that video? Well, how do would you want uh, even? It's, I gotta, it's about L'Etrange Festival. Uh, it's like resolution goes to L'Etrange Festival, something like that. Yeah. It's like a. Oh uh, well, is yeah. there a way to put a? Like in the description, we'll yeah, right, yeah. I'll, I'll tweet it. it. I'll tweet a link to it. I'll tweet a link to um, it. Um, and uh, then you and I, yeah. you might have to tell me the first time you met me, but I, I remember. remember what was it just the fallout? Yeah, so okay. you sure. you are a good part portion of the reason that I'm alive, uh, and in LA still. Oh, because I moved to LA, uh, I had nothing but debt, I didn't have any money, I was having a really hard time getting work, 
And then I forget who referred me to you. Mm. Uh, it might have been someone at FSU because we're both alumni of the FSU film school. And someone was like, oh, you need to talk to Aaron Moorhead. He's a DP. I think he's looking for a camera assistant for something. This is like 10 years ago. This was, uh, yeah, like eight and a half years ago, I think. Because yeah, it was yeah. like right when I moved here. Yeah. And uh, going on nine. Yeah, it'll be nine at the beginning of the year. Yeah, so. we hadn't yeah. even shot our first feature film yet. We hadn't no. even started yeah. Yeah. directing together. I might, it might go back further than Justin. No, 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 no. no Sorry, you're, you're my first Oh, I want to talk about how LA. you guys yeah. became friends too, but... Yeah. But yeah, so I reached out to you and you were like, yeah, I'm going to go shoot a short film in the desert in like a week for like four days. Are you down? And I was like, oh my God, that sounds so cool. I haven't shot anything not in like my apartment since I moved to LA. Yeah, absolutely. I'm in. Even though I would say that probably at that point, I was weakest at being an AC. <laughs> it didn't show. Uh, you say that. I don't know that it's true. <laughs> but yeah, so we went and we shot... We went to the desert and immediately were friends, thankfully. I remember when we went to test the equipment, right before I went, I said to uh, I said to Kirby, then my girlfriend, now my wife, I said, oh, I really hope he doesn't suck, actually. It would really be a bummer to be stuck with someone who sucks for like four days and no one else that I know on this crew. Yeah. And um, we bonded, uh, testing the gear, and made each other laugh, and then we were fast friends. And then you kept calling me back for gigs uh, and getting me paid for stuff when I really, really needed money and work. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we stayed buddies ever since. You, you should know, too, if Aaron says you're a good first AC, he's not just saying it. He'll tell you when wow. you're a bad first AC. Do, should I've, I've I've stop seen, writing I've television and movies and start and go back to being an AC? Is that yeah. where my talent lies? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Actually, you could you should just do both. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean... I'm sure other people do that. I'm sure there's I bet plenty every AC's of TV writer. Right. The, 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 look, the, the, the world the world needs laughter and and shots in focus. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was pretty easy to uh, to manage focus on that show because we were just in the desert, so everything was light brown except for the actors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it was. Now I know easy. your trick. Maybe yeah. you aren't any good. Like yeah, just take just me out of the desert. You're not getting focused. Yeah. We definitely shot something with Doug Jones, like in heavy rain, where I remember yeah. looking at it afterwards and going, "Oh, I barely made this be in focus." <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, how did you guys become friends? Uh, we were interns together, and it was my first day in LA, and my first day as an intern. It was his last day, and uh, we just sat in this. There was a very large lobby at this commercial production company, and I sat down. Wait, can, in his can memory, we talk I'm about like, which company it was? It was I feel our, like that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, it was Ridley Scott's commercial production company. That's great. Yeah, um, but it has. I mean, we. The only reason we know each other and is just because we met in that lobby. It wasn't like we were like put into right. creative positions there. And um, what made you stay in touch if you just met on like Justin's last day? Well, you, actually what it was, was I, uh, besides the fact that we just got along. Instant but, attraction. Yeah. But it was also. Was it a meet cute? No, okay. no, it was just a normal just meet. Justin was told to come let you in. Regular from the meet. Lobby. Yeah. <laughs> and then this is, this is like, this is before Tinder, but it right. still would have happened with yeah. the invention of Tinder. Yeah, right. exactly. Right, right, right. Cosmically. Mm-hmm. The, um, it's honestly what it probably is, is, when you move out to LA, you just know that you kind of have to hit the ground running and everybody you see is like how it happens. And so you just talk to everybody. And uh, and that was probably where it was, where it was just like, hey, this guy's cool, you know? And we just started also, working together. Well, well also, it's funny though, because looking back, I think one of our first conversations was about um, 300. Yeah. Mm. Not, not Frank. The number or the movie? 
the, 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 the movie, the, mo- the, the movie, and and I guess this doesn't matter to make to make difference. It was the movie, not the graphic novel or comic book. It was Zack Snyder's Three Hundred. But looking back, or like if I met someone presently and they expressed how good they thought Three Hundred was, I might be like, "Okay, fascist," you know. <laughs> like it wasn't. It was like literally like, "Hey, the visuals are neat." Yeah, I didn't. Cool. I didn't. Movie. I never thought back then as much into like, "Oh, it's like." really <laughs> bizarre that they changed certain things about the Spartans. That's yeah. pretty offensive. Yeah. <laughs> that was, right, that was, right. <laughs> it would have been tight, though, if Aaron was like, hey, are you into fascism? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because now if it's I like... I love now, it. Now, now, now if it's like, if you first thing someone says to you in the meeting is like, I really like 300, I feel like that's code for like, I'm alt-right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> It's a bummer because I, I do like that movie. There Me too. are there are a lot of really yeah. cool things in that movie, but I don't I have it definitely haven't like rewatched it in a really really no long ditto time. I, like since the year it came out I think yeah I, I think that the the changes that they made from history are the, really the things where it's like oh that's pretty weird mm. yeah. <laughs> why did you <laughs> why why what's your angle on this yeah uh, yeah well three hundred aside why don't we just dive into the story here and talk about Baraka because I'm excited to hear what you guys think because I. He's a character that I, where I don't really know what to make of him. Unlike a lot of the other characters in Mortal Kombat, <laughs> I understand the journey he goes on and why he goes on the journey. But it is kind of hard to suss out like what his old, what his motives are and what he wants. And maybe that's because to get into who Baraka is, why he looks the way he is, because I know that's a big mystery uh, for you guys. He he's a general of a race called the Tarkatans. They are. Uh, mostly an unintelligent and very vicious species. They're a hybrid of demons from the nether realm and humanoids from outworld. I'm going to pause there real quick and say, like, how much do you guys know about the realms and how they work in Mortal Kombat? I need, I've listened to every episode. You so, know. Yes, but I need you to tell. Justin, do you know? So that, because I want to hear it again. <laughs> yeah, and, and here's just what, here's where I'm at. I don't think you know this, and I hope this doesn't make us less friends. No, this is but, good. But here's where I'm at: is that um, I have uh, really nostalgic, beautiful childhood memories of playing Mortal Kombat two and three. Mm-hmm. It stuck out for me as being like, this is really cool. I was always like, if I had to choose between playing Street Fighter franchise or Mortal Kombat, I was always in Mortal Kombat. Right. Always yeah. chose Mortal Kombat. I like the darkness of it. I like the sort of like horror aesthetic of all of it. I liked the weird mocap, like the early version of mocap, like using, trying, trying to be photo real, but the faces don't quite look right. Loved all that stuff. Um, in my memory, again, the movie Mortal Kombat is like this incredible work of cinematography, craftsmanship, visual effects. In my memory, there is this amazing fight between Scorpion and Sub-Zero in this forest and it's shot anamorphic and it's beautiful yeah. and this inc- and this incredible it, i mean well it might be forward <laughs> this, this revolutionary score plays like the first effective use of electronic music yeah. in cinema wow and um and like how some people watch top gun and then they go join the military i saw that mortal Kombat movie and I'm like i want to join a supernatural fighting organization. Did you and start going to like karate classes after watching the movie? No, too too lazy, too busy with other okay. things. So not, um, I, but I did taekwondo the whole time. <laughs> the whole time you were watching the movie, like in the no, aisle or no, like in like, your seat. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and then and then jump ahead and then I just like I didn't have much interaction or exposure right. to Mortal Kombat for a very long time. And this is where you're going to be like, I'm not sure for friends. 
And then it was like until like I didn't have any exposure until Mortal Kombat X, Mortal Kombat right. 10. And I bought it, and it uh, for home, my PS4. It was a homecoming for you. Yes. Yeah. And I saw and like I could not believe how far it had come. Yeah. And however, I was also sort of shocked that they'd completely abandoned like trying to be photo real. Yeah. Which yeah. probably sounds insane from your perspective, but it was just like, oh, they just the graphics are amazing, but they stopped trying to make it look I like think real. I think a photo real video game right now. Uh, like a fighting game would be really disturbing. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they could it, get it right. Yeah, yeah, I think it only works because it has like a hazy, like VHS quality look to it. But like, actually, it's interesting. So Baraka, because he's like a monster character, when they filmed his stuff for Mortal Kombat 2 for mocap, they bought a Nosferatu Halloween mask and painted it up. And that was how they did the like, Baraka face. That's perfect. It's so low res. You don't really know what you're looking at. You just kind of infer that he's got teeth and he's a monster. Yeah. Um, By the way, sorry, I just realized, I know that we've got to talk Baraka, yes. but I just realized another thing that goes really well into the friendship segment. Uh, that um, So Justin and I have been working together for 10, 12 years, uh, 10 years, and um, we, we've traveled a lot together. We spent a ton of time together. And you start to hear each other's stories about a million times. And it was like three or four years ago that we got on Mortal Kombat for the first time. And it opened this whole new friendship thing. We realized we both loved Mortal Kombat and had never talked about it somehow. That rules. Yeah, that was pretty I cool. do remember you suddenly a few years ago just talking about Mortal Kombat a lot. And yeah. I was like, well, fuck, I wish I knew this earlier. Yeah. Uh, but that's great. I could have kind of <laughs> forgotten about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, just to give like the baseline mythology of the Mortal Kombat like fantasy world, like the rules they play by, and it doesn't have a huge bearing on who Baraka is, but he's interesting because he's one of the few characters that is from more than one realm. Uh, I think you'll appreciate this, Justin, because I know that you... Uh, you like sort of Lovecraftian, uh, you know, giant myth stuff. But the idea behind Mortal Kombat is that at the beginning of time, there were the Elder Gods, sort of like a pantheon, and then there was the One Being. It is very unclear what the One Being is. He was a, he's mostly depicted as like a large celestial body, bigger than any of the Elder Gods, like colossal in size compared to the Elder Gods. And it's unclear what the one being's purpose was, what the world looked like at this point. There was just the Elder Gods and the one being. The one being was, whatever this means, and whether or not it's true is unclear because the Elder Gods wrote this history, he was sapping the Elder Gods' power. And so the Elder Gods were like, we need to split the one being up. The one being is too powerful. So using these magical artifacts called Kamidogu daggers, they split the one being up into hundreds, dozens, unclear, of parts. And each of those parts is a realm. So our dimension that we live in, Earth realm, is a piece of the one being. Then there's Outworld, which is a piece of the one being. Netherrealm, which is a piece of the one being. All these different worlds where ecology and uh, culture and species, they all started growing and thriving in these worlds. And they're all very different from one another. But as time passed, they saw that these various realms, and they, they were like, okay, and we'll police these different realms. They gave basically a demigod, but they're just called gods compared to the elder gods, which are the role of gods compared to demigods. They started putting like gods in charge of all these realms. So like they were like Raiden, you're in charge of earth realm, Shao Kahn, you're in charge of Outworld, And um, they started assigning all these gods to these different realms, but the realms kept trying to like conquer each other and merge with each other. 
And so the solution that the elder gods came up with this is the best. was to lay out a rule so that the one being wouldn't be reassembled. Because it's interesting, like you think about, oh, Shao Kahn, he's from Outworld and he wants to conquer the realms. In a larger sense, it's because without his knowledge, he's just a part of the one being wanting to come back together. Like there's a cosmic influence on his thought process of wanting to reassemble this one being that we're all a part of in the many dimensions. And so um, to stop that from happening, they were like, oh, easy. We'll make them fight in a fighting tournament. Uh, if they want to conquer each other, they have to def- you have to defeat another realm in 10 tournaments in a row. And the gods that are in charge of these realms, they'll be like kind of the person in charge of sort of getting the fighters together that'll represent their realm in a fighting tournament. So that is why the Mortal Kombat tournament exists. In the Mortal Kombat franchise, it's the way that realms conquer each other. They have to win 10 tournaments in a row. That is amazing. And what it makes me think of, do you guys ever wonder, like, so human beings, we naturally seek out spiritual answers and make up stories to make sense of ourselves. Spirituality, different religions. Yeah. And there's different religions all over the world. Mm-hmm. Do you ever wonder? Yeah, to be clear, and, and God you, and is you, fake. And you, and, you, and, you, and you, but no, no, but you want, you know, you wonder, like, maybe everyone's just a little bit right. Yeah. But do you ever wonder? If the makers of Mortal Kombat just got it they're completely right. They're the only ones that well, are They're the ones. They, they landed right. on it. Is there a name for it? It would be like dualistic uh, mystical pantheism. Would I think be it's like just kind called, of a, I was trying to piece together uh, what it would in, be. I believe in fatality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Fat- yeah. Fatalism with a capital yeah. F. Yeah. It's a yeah. pretty old testament. Yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> like, it is. Actually, things. no. It's it's a very... Uh, there's a... There's a uh, kind of a Hindu thing in saying that we are all part of a, a, a fragmented singular yeah. event yeah. That, that wants to come back together. There's yeah. The, the, the creation myth at the beginning reminds me of uh, it's like sort of Egyptian and sure. sort of, sort of ancient Greek. Yeah. So a little bit like, like I think the earliest spiritualism now is like Sumerian, like Mesopotamian religions, mm-hmm. because that's like when writing starts. So we like kind of know it all sounds like, Kind of similar, but maybe they're right. It's the makers of Mortal Kombat. I mean, I think you're right that Mortal Kombat is right, and the only people that are right about how God works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's yeah. actually they're like they're just like no one wants to read books anymore, so let's educate them through video games. Yeah, Raiden's out there for real. Yeah, and he's our friend. It's that their influence is spreading faster than any book. Well, it's it's disappointing that the process is extraordinarily violent fighting. Mm-hmm. However, it's entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is like just <laughs> such a fascinating concept that they were like, we need something that's difficult to stop the realm yeah. from merging with each other. Mm-hmm. Instead of just saying no. Yeah, like oh, it could have been sex. Like it could have yeah. been sex. That would have been, been awesome. Two, yeah. uh, two <laughs> like abstinence is the only way to keep the realms from merging. No, that's no, the terrible. Opposite. Oh no, right. I'm talking about like. You guys gotta keep fucking, or else Wait, we basically, can't make. Oh my god! Mort- like mortal. Baraka, because yeah, Baraka yeah. is the love child of something from two realms. Yes, he should be the Mortal Kombat thing that merges realms. Yeah. Um, I have two questions that have been burning. That's just mythology, not Baraka stuff. You can edit it out. Mm-hmm. Um, one is, uh, it's Mortal Kombat, which means that they fight to the death, but they keep yes. doing it, and they and they are the same person alive again. What's going on? Well, there's different ways of looking at it, and it, it kind of gets confusing between the games for sure, but the best I can suss out is that, um, you know, it's like a tournament bracket, and it's more about, like, who won the fight, and generally speaking, it's to the death, but if the other person kind of, like, gives up or is could be killed, they've right. lost the match already, so in theory, you could defeat someone in Mortal Kombat 
and then say, I'm not going to kill them, right. even though I could, but and is, just move on to the next round. Is there a canon explanation, or is it just like part of just video game mechanics for like why they can be like ripped in half, and then like you fight them again no, in the next game? No, no, okay. not really. All right, I, where technically like they have defeated them yeah. in this game, so... Okay, and then Mortal, I mean, well, one thing that Mortal Kombat does a lot is the like what ifs. So if you play as a single character going through like an arcade lab, there's the canon story mode in every Mortal Kombat sure. game. There's like the true story, but if you play through like the arcade ladders, any character, the ending you get is like, what if that character was to win the storyline of this game? That's cool. Yeah, so that is, um, I think built it's like baked into what mortal Kombat is that like if you play against a character and rip them in half and then they're together again in the next game like the narrative answer to that is like well that was just a what if Mm -hmm. like there is a true answer of what actually happened in the game okay and then my my other question that actually i do think has an answer but i just don't understand it is Mm -hmm. i feel like i've i've played mortal Kombat 9 10 and 11 and I feel like there's like constant realm invasions without winning 10 Mortal Kombats in a row. Yeah. So, so that, what's up with that? Why are they able to do it? Or the, is it just that they don't merge? You can invade whenever merging. you want. It's okay. merging. And then whenever invasion happens, there's usually like a reason or a way that it happens. Like the most, um, the, the, the invasion that is the most like egregious and like the first big one and the most a story point is Mortal Kombat 3. Shao Kahn has lost two Mortal Kombat tournaments in a row. We'll kind of get into this stuff a little bit more in a second. But um, his he's frustrated. He's like, I just want to merge Earthrealm and Outworld. So he manages to invade it by having Shang Tsung, who's technically an Earthrealmer, so he can go back and forth as much as he wants mm-hmm. because Shao Kahn's allowing him to be an Outworld, but he's technically from Earthrealm. He goes to Earthrealm, resurrects Shao Kahn's queen, Sindel, uh, technically his wife, mm-hmm. uh, in Earthrealm, which is like, you know, on paper then she was born in Earthrealm, even though she was resurrected and like brought back from the dead in Earthrealm. And she being his wife now means that he can come to Earthrealm. Oh, because he's a, married to an Earthrealmer. And so it's, so like, it's, it's like a passport. It's like a merger. Yeah, it's like weird, convoluted Mortal Kombat immigration law. Got it. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. But Thank like you. they really, again, like I was saying before, it's a convoluted mythology where it's like, no, there's an answer for everything. Yeah. It's overcomplicated. It doesn't have to be this complicated, but there is a, and an, someone took the time to make an answer to that question. Yeah. yeah. And well, uh, I know this is getting way too long. We haven't even talked about Baraka, but is, is Shinnok part of that? Shinnok Because I remember there's something about God. the fact that he was like... Well, okay, we'll get, yeah, we'll get into right. Shinnok. Right. Well, we're going to answer all your questions right. within Baraka's story. Yeah. Because it's in there. Okay. But just just at the top to get through it, Baraka, he's a Tarkatan general. The Tarkatans are a race that lives out in the wastelands of Outworld. They live in these like purple deserts. Uh, they're vicious. They have spears that pop out of their arms that are like bone spears. They can launch spikes out of their backs as like a defense mechanism. They have huge fangs. And that is because they're literally like the descendants of a hybrid of uh, Oni demons from the Nether Realm, which is a realm that is basically hell. And humanoid people from Outworld. There are just like humans that live in Outworld. They have like kind of a different physiology than we do, but for all intents and purposes, they're humans. Um, So the Tarkatans are like basically from uh, crossing those races over time. They became these kind of scary races. I will say that there's kind of a weird redaction of that in more recent games. They started referring to the Tarkatans as like from yet another realm that Shao Kahn has conquered in the past. Hmm. I don't think that... I don't know. I think the other answer is more interesting and more canon. Huh? Are the the, so the Tarkatans are sort of like what's that 
that um, that part of the Bible that always gets left out, where like an angel bred with a oh, oh. yeah the, uh, oh. the Nephilim is it the Nephilim yes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. they sound like they're a little yeah. bit like Nephilim a little yeah. bit yeah it's like oh these horrifying things do you think they're misunderstood uh, the Tarkatans yeah no. No, okay. I mean, Never. they're pretty upfront about what they want, <laughs> okay. which is, yeah. I think, why I can't it's figure just... out Baraka because he. <laughs> I've got, I've got a theory on Baraka, yes. which is one of the reasons we've. Well, I think actually no, let's wait for the end of it because okay. because once right. you know his story, I, I've got an idea. Okay, well, basically, so like the Tarkatans are living out there in Outworld, uh, in the wastelands, and there are two other like Outworld races that are very much like barbaric like warrior races you know very like conan the barbarian-esque this whole realm kind of like every species sort of is but there's the shokan which are like goro's people they're half dragon and then there's the centaurians who are um centaurs Mm -hmm. so uh the tarkatans kind of have like an ongoing rivalry with the shokan and the centaurians but they're all subservient to shao khan he used to be the god that was meant to protect outworld he usurped the emperor of Outworld, uh, the dragon king Onaga, poisoned him and said, I'm taking over his king. So he's like a god king of Outworld. And everyone's subservient to him. To the extent that the Tarkatans coming of age like ritual is, uh, I believe it's called the blood... Circumcision. Uh, the ritual of blood. They have the ritual of blood, which is literally just being jumped into Shao Kahn's army. Like their coming of age is just about like becoming capable of being a part of Shao Kahn's army. Like their whole tribe is just focused on like how do we get yeah. to be vicious enough to serve Shao Kahn. Uh, pretty messed up. And so Baraka, by the time he was old enough to do the the rite of passage, the ritual of blood, uh, he succeeded in it. He was part of Shao Kahn's army. He uh, wound up gaining the rank of enforcer in Shao Kahn's army because he single-handedly killed an entire band of rebels. Um, and by single-handedly, I mean like double-speeredly. Like he mm. probably like launched little spears out of his arms and just mm-hmm. like slaughtered a whole group of rebels. Because mm-hmm. not everyone in Outworld is like psyched to serve Shao Kahn. Mm. Um, I, I, uh, you just reminded me. I, yeah. I'm going to be honest. I did do, I did a tiny bit of research. I know we're not supposed to. But can I just tell you one thing? I'm calling the police. Go on. I didn't know. No, I don't know if you know this one. I remember talking about Snow White here. It's kind of hilarious. So in an early version of Baraka, he had these like really long, permanently long out blades. But the reason why they decided not to use them was like it gives him too much of a, of a reach advantage. Oh, it was too hard to fight him? Yeah. He was yeah. like, oh, there's reach. It's not going to make sense. Yeah. It, it's- and that's, that's the thing is I, I, I miss the fact that games used to have an imbalance where like somebody could have a reach advantage, but then you'd give someone else a leg advantage or like a, like right. a height disadvantage, you know, like something like that. But it, back, especially when they were introducing Baraka and, and Mortal Kombat two and all of that, I feel like everyone had to kind of fit in the same human shaped box oh, yeah. more. Yeah. And, and it's just, it, cause they had real people. Exactly. <laughs> they were using literal people. Yeah. And, uh, and actually now they're even now they're finally breaking out of it. And like Mortal Kombat X where they have like the, the big guy and the little guy and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Farrah Tor who Na- completely disappeared in the new game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm so sad. About it. it was my favorite one. Tour was so cool. But I, where you used to throw the little monkey guy. But um, uh, she's a lady. I Go didn't on. know. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, I feel like the the point being, Baraka can now come back with really long blade arms if he they can. wanted to. Yeah, and they should. They can make so. it happen. They can. They should. Yeah. And they might. Uh, <laughs> options are open, as anyone who played Mortal Kombat 11 knows. So Baraka becomes an enforcer for Shao Kahn. He becomes a favorite of Shao Kahn's uh, and Shao Kahn kind of like keeps him around as, you know, sort of a bodyguard to lead his 
the Tarkatans, because there's no one else who can really like control the Tarkatans except for uh, Baraka. He's like their alpha. So, um, and I think that's very much like how he thinks. He's more intelligent than the other Tarkatans, which is why he's able to be uh, an enforcer and why he's able to like take charge above the other Tarkatans. But he is definitely like. Uh, He's still sort of animalistic. Like he's not he's not quite as intelligent as like any of the human characters who appear. Mm-hmm. So uh first game is about the tenth Mortal Kombat tournament in a row where Outworld's defeated Earth nine times in a row, and this is the tenth one. So it's like, ah, if we lose, Outworld merges with Earthrealm. Uh Shao Kahn does not send Nubaraka to Shang Tsung's island in Earthrealm where the tournament's taking place. I think because he's kind of cocky. He's like, Goro single-handedly won me the last nine tournaments. I'm just sending Goro and then keeping the rest of my people here in Outworld to protect me. Because obviously there are rebels. Mm. Uh, and so he does, and they wind up losing that tournament thanks to uh, a Shaolin monk named Liu Kang. And Shao Kahn is pissed. So he's like, all right, we got to figure something out. I'm not going to do 10 more fucking tournaments. It took like 500 years to do the 10 tournaments in the first place. I'm not doing that. So he's like, we got to figure out a way to get the Earthrealmers to come to Outworld for like a do-over. And his solution is to send Baraka and the Tarkatan hordes uh, through a portal to the uh, Wuxi Academy, the temple where Liu Kang and the other Shaolin monks have like grown up and trained. And he sends them there and they slaughter everyone at the temple. Just like murder everyone there. Um, And at the same time, there's like some kid, like Sonya Blade, who is a friend of Liu Kang's, gets kidnapped and brought to Outworld. All this shit goes down where basically uh, Earthrealm's back's against the wall and they're forced to come to Outworld for like a do-over tournament. And uh, now that uh, Outworld is the host of the tournament, Baraka's going to be more involved. He's going to fight in it. Shao Kahn's going to throw whatever he can at Earthrealm to make sure that he wins. Um, But while Shao Kahn is distracted by the tournament, uh, someone approaches Baraka and offers him a new deal. Uh, Shao Kahn has a daughter, Princess Katana, who's kind of like the best assassin in all of Outworld. And secretly, he has had his sorcerer make a clone of Katana uh, named Melina. And she was made with Tarkatan DNA because he wanted to have another Katana, basically, like in the wings that was more vicious and a better killer. And he so admired Baraka and the other Tarkatans that he was like, I'm going to use their DNA. So hang on, for anyone listening, I've always imagined that he had a notepad in front of him. He was just looking us dead in the eyes as he said all of that. He just knows this. Yeah. He just knows it. <laughs> I mean, like you got a couple notes, but like you were just looking right at us. That yeah. is the craziest thing in the world. I, by the way, I always thought that Milana. Uh, Melina. Melina. I always thought Melina was the child of Katana and Baraka. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, here's the How thing. How far off was that? Fair, I mean, quite off. Yeah. Quite yeah. off. Um, I, I thought so, too. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Melina is, she's a trip. And we're going to be talking about her on the show soon. But she she kind of has her own motives, even though she was made by Shao Kahn and essentially raises his daughter. Yeah. She was, like, raised in a basement um, at, at, like, Shao Kahn's palace, like, unbeknownst to Katana. And so she kind of has her own, she's a little more vicious because she's part dark cotton, and she has her own design so she approaches baraka and says hey listen you're subservient to shao khan right and he's like yeah she goes well i'm a tarkatan and if something were to happen to shao khan i would get thrown because i'm his daughter which is like uh, true enough <laughs> it's not not true uh-huh. and so she says to baraka like listen 
if you help me overthrow Shao Kahn and kill him, uh, then I will become queen and you can rule with me as king. And that sounds good to Baraka, who's like, yeah, why would I want to serve someone? I'm an alpha, right? Sure, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I'll help you overthrow Shao Kahn. My theory, by the way, just disintegrated in that moment. Okay. Yeah, about his personality. About yeah. his personality and yeah. his desires. Yeah, it is. He's hard to pin down. He is. I don't know. Yeah. He's, I think he ambition seems like a very, was not like, a thing that I thought he had. Yeah. So. Hmm. He seems like a very like uh, seat of his pants. Like he makes his decisions on the fly, kind of kind of person. Mm. Yeah. Maybe his violent nature out out shown his desire to serve in that moment, and he was just like, well. What's better than murdering a king, you know? Be, be doing that and then also being king. Yeah. But that's the thing. I never saw him as like, oh, I want to give orders unless he's handing them down from above. Yeah, he likes to from, command from, from, his... Uh, like basically passing them right. along. Yeah, yeah. He likes being vice bad guy. Mm. Yeah, well... Guess not. So he makes that plan and then it all falls to shit because Shao Kahn gets defeated by Liu Kang at the Outworld Tournament and Melina gets straight up murdered by Katana when Katana finds out Melina exists. So Baraka is all of a sudden like, oh, okay, uh, I guess I'm not going to overthrow Shao Kahn. And it's at that same time that Shao Kahn, you know, resurrects his wife and Earthrealm and plans to just wage a full-scale invasion of Earthrealm. And he says to Baraka, listen, I'm going to give you a really high position of power. I don't have Melina anymore. I don't have Katana. She ran off. So you're going to be like a general for me. And you're going to basically march through the streets of like Manhattan, killing people uh, and leading like other monsters and like death squads as I consume every soul in Earthrealm. Is that Mortal Kombat 9? 3. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Whoa. We're going to be here for a while, everybody. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, 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 I just see. remember 9 involved Earthrealm, Manhattan. Well, 9 retells a lot of uh, okay. the first three games um, because of time travel stuff. We'll get mm. to that. So, uh, so Baraka, yeah, I'll, I, I'm very curious to see, I, I, I never will, I'm curious to know what Baraka thought when he arrived in New York and, you know, sees Broadway and, like, people milling about, and, like, cars, and then just has to be like, all right, Spears out, let's do some slaughtering. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it must have been such a trip for him, just as much as for people who were just, like, hanging out. Uh, it must have been a trip to all of a sudden see spear guys and centaurs and dragons like mm. flooding the city and just killing people. And the last thing your decapitated head sees is Baraka. That's a terrifying way to die. Yeah. It's actually, yeah. Like, isn't that better though than just like a slow slip into death? Yeah, would, no, you, true. would you rather die slowly of a terminal illness yeah. or be murdered, murdered by, by Baraka. Baraka from Mortal Kombat? Or not even Baraka from Mortal Kombat, but just by a creature you've never seen before. Uh, flanked by centaurs and yeah. half dragons, just and die with a sense of eldritch horror. Yeah, yeah, sure. absolutely. In some ways, Barack is like the perfect sort of personification of like of uh, the cruelty and the randomness yes. of of the universe and cellular organisms in general. Well, specifically, yeah. his his invasion of Manhattan is the yeah is the yeah yeah yeah. Um, is there where do I see that? Where do I like? Is there a cut scene? I, I know. Can don't watch? you want to see that so bad? Yes. Or it's, is it just uh, like in the lore? It's in, like, the it's pamphlet there's the... there's imagery from Mortal Kombat three that's super tight, and then there's cutscenes in Mortal Kombat nine that depict it in a more cinematic way. Okay. Which I think is really why they rebooted it was they were like, hey, we have a really cool story. We should introduce people who don't know it and mm -hmm. like make it in a with new technology in a more cinematic sense. Yeah. Yeah. And that's always actually the problem. I remember when I was playing that game is I was like, 
every single time they have people from Earthrealm that don't have particularly magical powers, mm-hmm. they're always the most boring. Um, I mean, it's got the the problem of like Hawkeye in in the Marvel universe, where it's like it's just like, man, shouldn't you just stay home? Like, you don't have any like are, you're just gonna get hurt. And yep. uh, so people like Johnny Cage, which actually though he does have some kind of specialness, right? Well, I remember he, he on one of your ultimately episodes, winds up uh, having the special abilities it. of a Mediterranean war cult that he's that descended it. from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, um, what? Yeah, Johnny yeah, Cage. Johnny, Cage is, Johnny Cage is a descendant of a Mediterranean war cult, which gives him green magic. Yeah. Is that just something obnoxious he says in bars, though? And people like yeah. Yeah, to make yeah, himself probably. sound more like diverse. Like, I mean, I don't, a god yeah. tells him that, <laughs> like, so I, you know. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. When he goes out for jobs, he's like, "Well, actually, I'm I'm uh, a Mediterranean. I'm from a Mediterranean war cult." I think that's like what he used on Sonya Blade. Yeah. Like, oh, he definitely does. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm a war god. Yeah. What What would be your punishment for someone not casting Nicolas Cage as Johnny Cage in the next Mortal Kombat movie? Decapitation. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's too late. They already cast Johnny Cage in the next Mortal Kombat movie. So who is it? What do you suggest I do to them? <laughs> <laughs> who is uh, it? I. Oh, sorry. You know what? They didn't because, uh, no. Yeah, that's like s- the one. That's a character who has not been cast yet. Because I saw Katana. <laughs> I saw a couple others, but I didn't see. I didn't yeah. see him. But if yeah, if yeah. It, if no, it just I was thinking of be, uh, the new mystery character. Yeah, he, that'd be tight. Could you He'd imagine him so rolling cool. up one of the glasses and every time he like takes off his glasses to say yeah. something re- like makes the most. I really playing want... a cocky movie star like which which Nicolas Cage isn't and would would but somehow would turn it into like the most amazing choice. Yeah, I mean as a as a okay so as a comedy writer like the likelihood that I'll get to do a Mortal Kombat thing in the future is like who knows, but I do feel like I would love to do a Mortal Kombat movie where the protagonist is Johnny Cage, and thus it is a comedy because it is just like hey what if a movie star really wanted to prove to people that he could really fight. So he entered a mysterious fighting tournament and then wound up fighting in a decades-long war against various dimensions. There is a uh, there's a, a fan edit you could make of the original movie. That yeah, would totally just be that. It'd be short. Yeah, but I very could. short. <laughs> so Baraka is storming through the city, killing people, and all of a sudden this guy approaches him and he says, "Hey, my name is Kung Lao. I am a Shaolin monk from the Wuxi Academy, where you murdered everyone I know. I'm gonna get revenge." He winds up fighting Baraka on the streets um, and slicing Baraka in half vertically uh, the long way with a razor blade hat that he wears. And Baraka dies. The, uh, the, 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 the thing that continues this that you're about to say is my favorite thing of the research we weren't supposed to do. Yeah, well, so Baraka dies. Uh, obviously, that's not the end of his story because he's in more than two video games. Uh... He's resurrected in the nether realm by a fallen elder, a fallen elder god named Shinnok and his necromancer, Quan Chi, who have aspirations to conquer the realms once Shao Kahn is like dealt with. And he is. While Baraka uh, is resurrected in the nether realm, Shao Kahn is defeated by Liu Kang uh, pretty finally uh, on Earth realm. Um, but part of resurrecting him is the <laughs> very... Literally, this is awesome. Uh, staple his body back together. My so it's just Baraka, but he's got giant staples like as wide as his chest. I think only like five of them uh, yeah. holding his entire body together since it was uh, bisected. And, long way. and in years, the staples stay in, I think, right? No, like they, like they never come out they like come surgery. Out. They come oh, out. Oh, really? Yeah. So with, with all the mythology being so airtight, 
do they ever explain the biology or physiology of how exactly that works from like a more medical perspective? No, because he was resurrected with magic. I think they did the okay. character design first, and okay. then they were like, well, but mm-hmm. he's like appearing in the Shinnok game, and they do necromancy, so can't we just say that he was resurrected by Shinnok? I, I could think of a few ways. I mean, yeah. they just brought that pig back to life like yeah. a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And yes, he had extraordinary brain damage, but yeah. uh, technically already, alive. Yeah. And I mean, he does have... He does have Tarkatans in general have uh, much better healing speed and strength than we do. Uh, so if you told me that stapling a Tarkatan back together, his body could heal, I'm willing to believe it because they're not real and you can just say that that's true and it is. What they, about they, they, what about if like they're like trees when you graft them, when you put them close yeah. together and it can just slowly become that? You could basically take all the, you could take how trees are self-healing even when they're split. Um, and apply that to, to Baraka's sure. Well, sure. body. Let's not forget, have you guys seen the Lorena Bobbitt documentary? Oh, no. Jesus Christ. But go on. They put they put his penis back on. It was yeah. like it was like thrown in the bushes for a pretty long time, and they were able to go put it back on, and it works totally fine. He did porn after. Oh, I didn't know that part. Yeah. I didn't know that part Yeah, either. he did porn after, and he was like, he's like totally functioning. So like, if you can put a penis that's been thrown in the bushes in for like hours back on... You know what's crazy? Like, wow. I and actually, I guess you could staple a You could staple back a together together and, back together. Yeah. Absolutely. I hope that's the one thing people take from this. I actually <laughs> thought <laughs> that there was a chance that Lorena Bobbitt would come up today, and it just did. So. When did you think that? Like in the shower this morning? Like as we were as we were on our way over here, I was just like, yeah. it's probably like, You're a, like there's like, like a ten percent chance. Up Lorena Bobbitt. <laughs> it's once a day. It's like yeah. it's like his daily meditation. Bobbit this, Bobbit that. <laughs> sure. So, uh, so Raka's resurrected in essentially hell and stapled back together. And uh, Melina is also resurrected by Shinnok. This is like Shinnok and Quan Chi's whole thing, is like resurrecting people and using them as their army. So they uh, say to Baraka, like, hey, listen, we're your bosses now, and we're going to go invade Earthrealm. And Baraka's like, yeah, those guys killed me. Fuck them. I'm down. Sure. So uh, he follows them into Earthrealm for their invasion, but he the whole time is like, first chance I get, once I get my revenge, I'm turning on these guys. I don't know them. I have no loyalty to them. They're not from Outworld. They don't know the Tarkatans. Fuck them. Who, who gives a shit? Who is he loyal to now? Himself? Or does he also have Melina? Uh... I mean, Melina's around and he definitely feels something for her because they never really had like a falling out necessarily. Yeah. She was just killed before they could betray Shao Kahn. Um, and he's and still not loyal to Shao Kahn. And as he knows Shao Kahn is dead. Okay. So I think at this point he's just like, I want to get back to the Tarkatans and get back to, back to my people. Uh, so he never really has to deal with it much because Shinnok winds up getting defeated by <laughs> Liu Kang and, uh, Melina is imprisoned by Katana in the realm of Idania, which is the realm that Katana comes from and was kidnapped from as a baby by Shao Kahn. I wrote real quick. I just realized something that's kind of important. How old is Tarkat in culture? Like how long have they been around? Do they ever say? Unknown. Okay. Because it's like one of the, like you guys heard recently where it's like, oh, Neanderthals were actually around for 600,000 years, mm-hmm. much longer than Homo sapiens. Well, they're barbarians, they're just dumb, vicious, whatever. Tarkatans might be, like, they might be a lot more successful than we're giving them credit for. That's all. I well, mean, it's true. I mean, they've managed to live in the harshest possible environment, I think, in any of the realms. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, that's the thing is that if they're not standing in formation in an army, they have to live somewhere, which means they've got architecture, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, which means they've got like ways of harvesting food that probably isn't just, well, it could they just have, be hunting. They have tents. They're like a pretty straightforward, like desert 
nomad community. They're no, yeah, thing. they're nomadic. They have tents. Hunter gatherer. They probably. do have like various clans and affiliations and symbols that they draw and put on flags. I bet they party. They have clothing. When, when you were saying he wants to get back home to the Tarkatans home, I bet he was like on his way back, going like, "I want to do that party." Like, the Tarkatan, no, no party like a Tarkatan party. Basically, yeah, he was like ready for like a real homecoming. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it's kind of interesting. The first thing that he did, he's like, he is heading back to the Tarkatans. He's heading back to the waste. And by the way, the reason there are wastelands in Outworld, it used to be a lush, uh, beautiful realm. Uh, but when Shao Kahn took over, he drained it of all of its energy and basically climate changed it into being a wasteland. <laughs> so ahead of its time, man. Truly. Yeah. Uh, and so Barak is free. You know, Shinnok's defeated. Shao Kahn, as far as he knows, is dead. He doesn't have a leader. So he's like, ah, maybe I'll head back to the Tarkatans. But as he's doing that, uh, the Dragon King Onaga, who I mentioned earlier, the original emperor of Outworld, he himself is resurrected. And returns to is, conquer. Is that them re- doing the resurrecting again? The resurrector people. So it was. Sorry, it was remember. Quan Chi, who was Shinnok's like second in command, his sorcerer, and Shang Tsung, who was Shao Kahn's second in command, his sorcerer. The sorcerers teamed up, and were like the worker shall rise, and they uh, went and resurrected accidentally. Well, this is a whole. It's a really complicated story of like how exactly Onaga got resurrected, but they were trying to take advantage of his army that had been locked away. And in a sense, accidentally helped contribute to him being resurrected. He comes back, he kills them, he kills Raiden, he kills a bunch of Earthrealm's champions and works at taking back Outworld now that Shao Kahn's out of the picture, the person who betrayed him. Mm. Uh, and Baraka sees this and the way that his mind works recognizes like someone who's a true alpha to him. Uh, so he basically pledges his allegiance and is like, you know, he's thinking, he's like, this guy's going to conquer all of Outworld. I need to get in on the ground floor right now. I've seen this before. Uh, and he says, I'll be your, you know, second in command. And the Dragon King Onaga is like, yeah, sure, sounds good. And the first thing Baraka does is he goes, cool, I know one way to help. And he goes to Adenia and he breaks Melina out of her prison cell there and recruits her to Onaga's forces. And so Melina also becomes sort of like a general, a second in command to Onaga as they wage their campaign across the realms. But Melina winds up immediately contributing a lot more than Baraka could because she impersonates Katana, takes over the Adenian army, and starts having them, unbeknownst to them, operate as Onaga's army. Um, But she has her own sort of intention. She wants to take back the throne of Outworld, which she feels is still her birthright since she was raised by Shao Kahn. So in the process of like leading Adenia's army like in the name of Onaga... She winds up killing a shitload of Tarkatan hordes because oh. they're protecting Outworld. And all of a sudden, Baraka's like, what the fuck? I thought you were aligned with Tarkatans. I thought we were on the same page. And you just betrayed me. And he's also starting to sense that Onaga uh, absolutely favors Melina over him. So he challenges Melina uh, to Mortal Kombat, to like a fight to the death. And so they fight and... Very quickly, Baraka realizes like he's way underpowered. He can't really take Melina on. I mean, she was literally created to be a perfect assassin. And so uh, he's defeated by Melina, and Onaga says, all right, Melina, kill him. And Baraka's like, shit, I really threw into the wrong crowd. Um, uh, really quick, just so I can visualize it, is mm-hmm. uh, is he the leader of all Tarkatans? Like, if a yes. Tarkatan sees him, is it like, that's my king? Yeah. Okay, yeah. He's, got it. He is the alpha male of all Tarkatans. Got it. Okay. As far as we know. Cool. Yeah. 
So uh, Onaga commands Melina to murder Baraka, and she does. Or does she? Baraka is pretty smart for a Tarkatan, as we established. And he plays off of how stupid Melina thinks Tarkatans are and how how little Melina really does understand and align herself with Tarkatans. He just sends a different Tarkatan in his place, and she does not know the difference. So she just murdered a completely different Tarkatan while Baraka continued to lead his people and plan uh, to basically wait it out and take over Outworld himself. He like has that, bigger aspirations now. That is maybe... The most brilliant Mortal Kombat yeah. plot twist I've ever heard. I love that. It rules. I love that. It's like, did you ever notice that we all look exactly the same? And also, it, there's like kind of a social, yeah, yeah, social to commentary. It. It's it's like, like, oh, you, you, look, you think we all look the same because yeah. you're not really a Tarkatan? Yeah, I feel like to kill us, but we are, we are one. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel like I bet a Neanderthal did that against mm-hmm. Homo sapiens at one point when we mm-hmm. coexisted. Mm-hmm. I bet it, that happened. If mm-hmm. there are any scientists or historians who listen to the podcast and could let us know if a Neanderthal ever pulled a Baraka, uh, <laughs> I'd appreciate it. Yeah, they call that doing a Baraka. Yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> um, so this is kind of a turning point for Baraka. He starts to realize, like, everyone's going to betray me. And if they don't betray me, they're going to get killed by someone else before they ever rise to power and I get what I deserve. And around the same time that he starts thinking this way, he hears about a prophecy. A prophecy that uh, in Edenia, a pyramid will rise. And at the top of that pyramid, an elemental, super unclear what an an elemental is, other than like a being of pure element. So like a fire god named Blaze will appear at the top of that pyramid. And whoever makes it to the top of the pyramid and kills Blaze will attain a godlike power. Essentially, the power of the one being. So, like, better than a god, better than an elder god. This just got awesome. Yeah. This is very Lovecraftian. Oh, yeah. I think think this is, like, this is the... Oh, yeah. This is the terminology that huge Lovecraft fans tweet at me because I don't know that much about it. Yeah. Yeah, they just tweet you, and they're like, is Blaze going to be in Synchronic? I think this actually was when the spring trailer came out. They're like, is she an elder god? What is an elemental? I was like, I don't know what that is. Yeah. Oh yeah, the elder ones or the elder beings. Yeah, yeah. 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 Actually, there's 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 plenty of crossover with that and and occult magic too. Like the, oh, the there's pyramid, t- the elemental. Oh, like elementals the, are that's that's the, an actual religious mm-hmm. thing in occult magic. We're not going to go down this road and get too distracted. But you know that there's a there's a whole there's a I think there's someone wrote a book about the connection between. Alistair Crowley and H.P. Lovecraft. No, Lovecraft. I was so hoping you were going to say Alistair Crowley and Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I was like, get me that. <laughs> no, book. somebody should. Well, no, because yeah. there's there's definitely similarities between um, the tradition of ceremonial magic that Alistair Crowley practiced and the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn and this mythology you're talking about. Oh, yeah. It's like there's a lot of similarities. A lot of cro- because, it's a, yeah. because it's an eclectic mix, again, of Egyptian, Greek mythology and all that mm. stuff. All right. Dude's tight. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm curious. So you said that elementals exist in occult magic. Mm-hmm. What are they in occult magic? Um, they're they're. I mean, they're actually kind of similar to what they they sound like in Mortal Kombat, but they are not uh, made of like fire or anything like that. They're more like uh, I believe they're they're part of the building blocks of the of the of our conception of the universe. Um, uh, and they're very dangerous uh, because they're. Uh, it's almost exactly the same description, like pure energy. Mm. They can invade your mind, that kind okay. of thing. Yeah, a, a good way to like, like a brief on like uh, the sort of gods and and powerful beings of occult magic, at least in like the traditions of like uh, Hermeticism or whatever, is that basically anything that's pre-Abrahamic god mythology is like fr- is incorporated 
Yeah. Oh, oh wow. like like as far back as like a written okay. language. Yeah. It's it's everything before like Jesus, Muhammad, and all that stuff. Yeah. I just I just realized one easy way to conceptualize it is if you are doing Ouija and taking it seriously, um, you're not talking to ghosts, you're talking to an elemental. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's tight. Mm-hmm. I got to study up on this stuff. I love it. Or maybe you guys just got to make your Aleister Crowley movie and I'll just learn everything I know from the movie. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if Mortal Podcast wants to start being the first sponsor of this movie and once this starts turning a, uh, a profit that oh, can I be make turned $2 into... million dollars a week. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Once you can yeah, like, yeah. start turning that into sure. disposable income. Yeah. For, it was just so fun to come to Hearst Castle films. for this thing. Yeah. I've never been in Hearst Castle. And this is really nice. Thanks. I just bought it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It was, I bought it for, it was, it was actually a really good price. I wouldn't, you, I don't have a ton of money. It was a good price for Hearst Castle, which is why I was able to buy it. Yeah. yeah. Are you going to fill this swimming pool or are you just going to do podcasts in it? I'm going to fill it, but I don't know with what yet. Yeah. It's fair. So around the time that Baraki hears about this prophecy, he, you know, the gears are starting to turn in his head and he's starting to have more aspirations about what the Tarkatans can be. So he decides like, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to that pyramid. I'm going to fight my way to the top. I'm going to kill that elemental. I'll become like a god and the Tarkatans will be in charge. I don't have to worry about who I'm serving or who's going to betray me or who isn't good enough to be my emperor. Uh, He shows up there and there's a huge war. Literally every single hero and every single villain in Mortal Kombat, as the prophecy really did like sort of foresee, shows up at that pyramid either to say, I want that power or to say, I cannot let you have that power. And Baraka actually just winds up being in a massive war. And while he's there, he runs into Kung Lao, who's like, I thought I killed you the first time. They fight at the base of this pyramid and Kung Lao kills Baraka. This time by throwing the hat into his head and chest and splitting him in half, but not all the way. So like pretty much from like the chest up, he's just halved like a peeled banana. Uh-huh. I wonder if when Baraka sees hats now, he's just like, no, no. Yeah, actually, dude, dude walks like, past a like, lid. I don't like panic attack. Exactly. Like you know I don't like seeing people in fedoras. Baraka really doesn't like seeing people in fedoras. It upsets I, I need him. to commission an artist right now yeah. for. Um, I need. Uh, it's Baraka. Uh, wearing a white linen suit mm. with with but but bare chested where you can see mm-hmm. the uh, the staples and he's kind of like Scarface leaning on a throne on top of the pyramid mm-hmm. wearing Kung Lao's hat. Oh, that'd be kind of tight. I want to see that airbrush King, on a van. And then we know he's he made it to the top of the pyramid. He did. He's it. a god now. He defeated Kung Lao and he's just like living large. And yeah. I swear to God, if if anyone wants to draw that, I will. Uh, actually, I'm not going to say I'm going to pay for it. I'm going to look at it. If and anyone, I will put it on my wall. If anyone out there could just please do the painting of Baraka on a throne wearing Kung Lao's hat, that'd be tight. Yeah. Lounging like lounging, Scarface. Lounging. He's got to be lounging like Scarface. And showing his staples. Yeah. Important. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Let's end right there. So Baraka's dead, <laughs> right? Baraka's dead. And the person who makes it to the top of that pyramid is Shao Kahn, who is not really dead because clone shit. Don't worry about it. Shakan gets to the top of the pyramid and Raiden manages to chase him up there, but not before Shao Kahn kills Blaze, attains godlike power, lifts his hammer to crush Raiden's skull. And in that one moment, Raiden, uh, the only thing he can do, he sends a message back in time to his younger self. This is uh, famous. With the phrase, he must win, which honestly, total botch. You could have definitely gotten some more detail in there. Used a proper noun, had name, something. But he just says, he must win. So cut to the time of the second Mortal Kombat. 
tournament. Sorry, no, the first Mortal Kombat tournament uh, that we know of, you know, in Earthrealm. Uh, Raiden all of a sudden hears an older Raiden in his head say, he must win. And he's trying to suss out what that phrase means. Uh, and because of that, we get a new timeline in which uh, there are small changes in the timeline uh, because of choices that Raiden's making while trying to interpret this message. I just realized, so that means that in the original timeline of Mortal Kombat, considering that they that, that when you time travel, it makes a new timeline rather than affecting the other one, mm-hmm. like there's they just lost. Like, that's just it. Yeah, they just lose. Like, the original, like, when you play Mortal Kombat 1, the end game of that is total Armageddon. Yeah. Like, bad guys win. Yeah. That's cool. That is the end of the... If you if you never play the reboot and you just play the original Mortal Kombat games, the first nine, seven, eight, nine, eight or nine, eight, the first eight, uh, then the ending of the story is is that is that everyone loses and Shotgun wins. Hang on a second. I don't know if this is a hole or something that's really interesting is... So would that mean that because he won, then therefore he was able to merge all the realms back into the one being? But does that mean that the one being and the elemental gods are only masters of that timeline or, or all timelines? Because well, then it would, it would just be all timeline. Like if, you, if, he's, if they're merged in one timeline, then they must think, be merged in all timelines. Right. So I think that's the, that is the lynch point that proves that it's one timeline, that there are not separate branches Mm-hmm. alongside one another there's not a multiverse that would signify yes that what happened was before Shao Kahn took on full the full power of the one being and merged all of the realms a message was sent back in time that then changed the timeline so that the future was not that this happened just never happens no okay so there's one it just it just can like not follow a line it can branch around right it loops it back around with. and creates a new line and got then it, a new it. line and the old Shao line Khan is does not destroyed. become right got it. okay so this is what changes for baraka and it's not much until it is like a lot of the characters that are not super major uh, this time Baraka is sent to Shang Tsung's Island for the first tournament. He fights in the first tournament. He fights against Johnny Cage and he loses. Shang Tsung demands that Baraka be executed and Baraka's lying. They're like, I guess this is my fate. Uh, but Johnny Cage refuses because he's like still kind of figuring out like, wait, there's monsters. I thought that was a mask. What the fuck's going on? I'm not killing somebody. Uh, Baraka fights in the second tournament in Outworld after he goes and slaughters everyone at the Wuxi Academy. Um, he does not have plans to overthrow Shao Kahn because he has not aligned himself with Melina at this point. When Shao Kahn is seemingly killed by Liu Kang in the second tournament, uh, there's an argument among Shao Kahn's generals over who should become the new emperor. And Baraka does say, I think Melina is the only one who has a birthright to the throne. He like argues for her. Um, but Shao Kahn winds up returning and saying, we're going to do an invasion of Earthrealm. And Baraka's immediately, he bows and he's like, you're my emperor again. Sorry. Uh, he goes to Earthrealm during the invasion, but he does not get killed by Kung Lao there. Instead, Shao Kahn is defeated during the invasion of Earthrealm by Raiden, and Shao Kahn's out of the picture. Is there is there one game where you just basically play a catch-up of the, all the redos? Yeah, that's Mortal Kombat 9. Mortal Kombat 9 is a... Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, so Mortal Kombat 9, which is just called Mortal Kombat, it came out in 2011. Yeah, I own it. I just, I think I just kind of like walked and got a drink or something when the story mode was going on. Yeah, because it was just... Shouldn't have done it. Well, it's nine in and I haven't played the other eight. I just assumed that wasn't for me. Yeah, no, it is. It is. It starts with the battle at the pyramid. Okay. Mortal Kombat 9. Oh. And, and starts with Raiden sending the message back in time. 
And then the story mode where you're actually playing the game begins with the first tournament where Raiden's like, he must win. Who must win? What? And you play through that first tournament at Shang Tsung's Island, that second tournament in Outworld, and the invasion of Earthrealm. That also sounds like Mortal Kombat 11 a lot. Mortal Kombat 11, no. Mortal Kombat 11, Well, there's a lot of, like, going back to the beginning, and... I mean, I guess guess once time travel's involved, they just go... The setting changes. The story's advanced. So basically what happens is, like... So now Baraka hasn't died, hasn't fought for Shinnok, and instead has just been in Outworld, independent of Shao Kahn. So after Shao Kahn dies during the invasion, there's a big power vacuum in Outworld. Again, it's like, who should be in charge? Melina takes the throne. And says, I'm the queen of Outworld now. I'm the emperor of Outworld. And she starts ruling with an iron fist with Baraka as like her general. Um, But a few of Shao Kahn's other generals don't like her. They don't trust her. And eventually they come to realize that she's not really Shao Kahn's daughter. She was like a clone created with magic in a laboratory. Uh So they're like, oh, you have no claim to the throne. And there's a political coup in Outworld where Kotal Khan... This, well, at the time, it was just Kotal. Khan is like what it means when you're the emperor. Mm-hmm. Kotal uh, overthrows Melina with a few other traitors to Melina. And the only person who defends Melina is Baraka. He says, I'm going to lay down my life. I believe she should be emperor of Outworld. And he winds up getting killed defending Melina uh, by this person, Devora, who is like another sort of lower ranking member of Shao Kahn's army. Uh, she kills Baraka by ripping his brain and heart out of his body. Dang. Pretty bad. I, That's gnarly. Yeah. I, 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 I obviously have got like developed a deep love for Baraka through the course of this because I feel like he's just an extraordinarily loyal dog. He's yeah. an extremely fight loyal person. Yeah. yeah. That and, is maybe his number one quality. Yeah. And we, mm-hmm. No, I was going to say it's also it's like that thing where it's like, oh, he's so damn ugly. You know, and you yeah. just like don't. You're like, I think maybe there are things that are misunderstood. Like, is he vicious? Yes. Because there's like a gigantic mouth with weird jagged teeth, and that's not his fault. Yeah, no. like like alligators. Normally, they just want to like sleep. They're not there to get you. Yeah, no. but they just no. look like dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. The uh, I my my original theory because we were ta- going over here and and I realized that Baraka is an awesome dog name. It's just a cool mm-hmm. dog name. Dude, are you going to get a dog named Baraka? No, no. Actually, I've got a better name picked out. But Baraka's a cool name. Yeah. Um, but I, I realized <laughs> realized just how good it was because I was like, yeah, he's kind of, he is like a dog. He's very loyal and that's that's his thing. And it's like dogs don't want to rule humans. They just want to like be with humans and be loved by humans and fight for them when you need to and defend them. And that was why, that was my theory is that he's, you could just basically say, like, you figure him out in the same way that you just think of, like, if you have kind of a mean, adopted uh, dog that has trauma. Um, but then Which once, I do. But it's just like, I can't name a dog that wants to be king. Yeah, yeah. no. So. And it, just not to make this, not to make this political at all. But oh, it's like, it's like, we've I, been very clear about our political stance on the Moral yeah. Podcast. Uh, so, so here's the I'm, I'm, okay. <laughs> I am I am really shocked that like Russian bots haven't put out pictures of like that just say Baraka Hussein Obama and it's like kind of like the birther thing except it's just a picture of a guy wearing a suit giving a speech with a Baraka face. I've never wait <laughs> Baraka Hussein I've never Obama. To Google Baraka Obama. Does that exist? Before, I just re- I can't believe it. Yeah, I think I've even sent it to you. It's the hope 
the hope uh, oh like bicolored God. thing, no. but it just says Baraka, and, it, and, it, and it's, it's a picture that. of Baraka. Yeah. I sent it to you. Yeah, yes. yeah, I've yeah. seen it. I've yeah. seen it. Oh, Baraka. That's genius. Well, yeah. here's the nice thing is Baraka's story doesn't end there. Oh, Jesus he, Christ. He actually gets an opportunity to redeem himself. So he's killed three times. Yes. Okay. Yes, it's three times. One, okay, let me make sure Once I've got this, this right. Once in this timeline. Yes. So so he's cut in half, uh, reanimated back together, stapled together, and in that same timeline, he's split like a banana almost in half, but yeah. not completely in half. Yeah. And then a new timeline begins by, by, by because that was at the base of the pyramid by Kung mm-hmm. Lao. And uh, and he's just murdered again by yeah, Molina. His brain and, and heart, yeah. no, by by Devora. His, his brain yeah. and heart are actually shoved out of his body yes. with uh, her her insect like spears. Yeah. But after all that happens, decades later, uh, all is seemingly well um, with all, all. All is seemingly well with our heroes uh, who you know have successfully defeated Shinnok, defeated Shao Kahn, uh, except that this Titan, and uh, from what I can tell, Titans were the Elder Gods before the Elder Gods. They were like the first generation of the Elder Gods. Uh, this Titan named Kronika, who is basically in charge of time, Kronika's she great. decides she's pissed that Raiden fucked with the timeline and created his own timeline. Also, her son is Shinnok, which I'm sure does not affect her judgment of this at all. And she decides uh, it's time to change things. So she comes to Earthrealm, with intentions of creating a new timeline in which there is no Raiden. But for some reason, in order to create a new timeline, she needs to go to the physical location of the hourglass of time and use actual magic that requires like magical artifacts to turn time backwards and create a new timeline. That's her plan. So she arrives uh, in our realm, and just by virtue of arriving in our realm at all, time gets fucked up and there are time quakes and there are time vortexes and people start emerging from different points in time through those vortexes. One of those people is Baraka. Baraka circa the Outworld fighting tournament. Uh, So Baraka's back in the present decades after his death. Also brought back Katana, Shao Kahn, Liu Kang, and a few other people circa that tournament in Outworld. All of a sudden they're thrust into the present and it's like jarring for them. Liu Kang is like, what what happens to me and Shao Kahn's like I'm dead and everyone forgot me are you fucking kidding me Kotal Kahn's in charge the guy's a dork and Baraka's like oh wait I've been murdered and that's pretty much where my thought process stops I'm pissed who did it I want to kill them uh so they're all furious Baraka specifically is furious that Kotal Kahn has been emperor for decades because he laid his life on the line to make Molina the emperor and he now learns that that was completely futile and so in, in here, does he also murder um, Sonya Blade? No, he there does not. There are just a bunch of uh, Tarkatans army going on outside while that happens? My bad. Uh, around this time, Sonya Blade was killed by demons in the Netherrealm. Okay. So, you know, not Tarkatans, but they're... So I remember there was just a huge Tarkatan army visual in Mortal yeah. Kombat 11. That was like, cool. it was, uh, They weren't Tarkatans, they were Oni. Oh, but the Tarkatan army visual comes up. Yeah, later. Sorry. So okay. what happens is... Uh, Kronika approaches Baraka and says, like, you're pissed about how things went in this timeline, right? And he's like, yeah. So she pitches him her plan to create a new timeline. She goes, the Tarkatans will have whatever they want if you serve me in this timeline. Uh, we'll reset time, and I promise you I'll create a new timeline where the Tarkatans are happy. And Baraka's like, yeah, sounds good. So he reunites with the small band of Tarkatans that are left out in the wasteland of Outworld. Because in this timeline, 
the Tarkatans haven't done super well. Uh, he reunites with them. They're like, Baraka, we thought you were dead. It's been like 30 years. Holy shit. And he kind of takes leadership position again. They're like refugees just living out in the wastelands. And uh, he becomes their leader, and they're harboring Shao Kahn, uh, who, you know, is no longer Emperor of Outworld, but is going to serve Kronika because he likes where her head's at, too. But the refugee camp gets attacked by Kotal Kahn and the army who want to execute Shao Kahn and Baraka and nip the whole problem in the bud before it starts. Uh, Kotal Kahn winds up beating up Baraka, and he's going to execute him, um, but he hesitates. And Shao Kahn uses that moment to... Uh, attack Kotal Kahn and drag him back to the Colosseum at Outworld to execute Kotal Kahn in front of everyone in Outworld and stake his claim to being emperor. But he just like ditches Baraka. Like he didn't care about Baraka and Baraka's like kind of pissed about that. And he's like, oh, he was just going to let me die and use me as a pawn. Uh, he doesn't actually care about me. He doesn't actually care about the Tarkatans. He just wants to be the emperor again. Um, and as Baraka's like planning to go to the Colosseum anyway, just like watch him take his crown back. Uh, he's stopped by young Katana, who again was brought back from the past, who says to him, hey, look, I'm assembling an army. I've already teamed up with the Shokan, the dragon people. I know that you're not a fan of the Shokan and the Tarkatans don't have a good relationship with them. But if you join my army, we're going to align all of the different races of Outworld. We're going to create a peaceful Outworld. We're going to stop Shao Kahn from taking over. Uh, and the Tarkatans are going to have a life of peace instead of having to constantly be in war and trying to survive and being sent as an army. And Baraka agrees. He turns on Kronika. He says, I'm going to align with Katana. They march on the Colosseum. Katana fights Shao Kahn and defeats him. She becomes Katana Khan, the new emperor of Outworld, and there's going to be peace in Outworld. But first, Kronika has to be dealt with. So Katana says, one more time, I'm going to lead you into war. Follow me. So she leads the, Uni the United Tarkatans and the United Shokan and all of them into battle against Kronika. Uh, the war goes okay, but they're not powerful enough to stop Kronika from turning back time. She erases all of time. Liu Kang is the only person to follow her to the hourglass. He murders her, but now he's stuck at the dawn of time and needs to create a new timeline, and that is where the Mortal Kombat franchise is right now. It's so awesome. Whoa. Yeah, there's just no time, and then it ends yeah Liu kang and katana together are going to create a new time they're gonna re yeah re, re basically launch all all of time ever again um i just realized something is there a documented case of baraka being proposed hey follow me and i will give you something and he says no i'm loyal no i think he always says yes yeah. i will do that he goes He's with whoever yes proposes yeah hey let's overthrow somebody and i'll give you something that's his game yeah yeah uh you know i don't love that he's loyal to a that. point here's the thing he hasn't betrayed anyone who's not a piece of shit right but he himself is a piece of shit by because of this yeah Okay. No, arguably. Oh, I guess yeah, someone betrays Hitler. Are you judging them as no, a? Okay, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. Jesus. Whoa. So fuck you, Aaron. Just brought brought um, up Hitler. Gotten. Got why are you pro right now. Hitler? <laughs> just just because I I so rarely get to sit with a uh, uh, Mortal Combat scholar. I mean, I don't well, almost say that you, you you have a Ph you have a PhD in Mortal Combat. Go on. Just okay. Just because I I I have three burning questions and I I. I think this is the best time to ask you, obviously, and I have you here. Um, one is, uh, how do you feel about Baraka not being a playable character in Mortal Kombat X? The next one is, 
how do you overall feel about Mortal Kombat 11? I feel like it was very, Aaron was very happy with it. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Loved, he loved it. The little I've seen of it so far, I really dig it. But um, also, I got it for Aaron for his birth, birthday or Christmas. Yeah, one of those. Friendship. Yeah. So, um, and then my third question is, how do you feel Neil deGrasse Tyson would feel about the treatment of the fabric of time space in Mortal Kombat 11? I don't give a fuck. That guy's a nerd. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we aren't. Yeah. Here I'm, we are. Just I'm not really. A, I'm not really a Neil deGrasse Tyson guy. Yeah. In my no, I think he's he's he he hates uh, happiness and storytelling. Mm-hmm. Also, he's I don't a think sex he pest, does. I think he's having a good time. He he's a sex pest, but. Um, <laughs> No, yeah, he is. Oh, never heard yeah. that. <laughs> oh, no, Aaron, you got to Google it. Also, oh, no. listeners at home, Google it. Um, but uh, many accusers. But he, uh, in terms of Baraka being playable in Mortal Kombat X, I was, I'm actually happier when there are more uh, original characters introduced in the Mortal Kombat games. I'm okay with like other characters taking the bench to mm-hmm. meet like new characters because that's always exciting to me. So I liked that Mortal Kombat X had a lot of like original characters that hadn't appeared before that is oh, such a good take yeah you're totally right i i loved like collector even though i mean he was he sucked right but, well, that's but like i problem. loved his existence yeah yeah that's the thing with 11 i so i like 11 it bums me out that there's only like three new characters in that game mm-hmm. maybe less because i think a couple of them are like not really new well no i guess there's three new ones and then scarlet had only appeared in like a psp game or something but uh in terms of the story I really like it and I really like the writing. Um, but it felt like there were so many ideas that I wanted all of them to be longer. Like I, the, the idea of having an older Johnny Cage who's really matured, become a dad, become a hero and a younger Johnny Cage who's still cocky and doesn't take anything seriously. Uh, having to have them buddy up in oh, and, combat. And we've lost Sonya Blade in that moment. Where and it's dealing like young with losing old Sonya, but yeah. young Sonya's there. And she has to work with Cassie Cage, like having, having Jax, a, an older Jax, have his morality like shaken, while a younger Jax has to team up with his daughter. There are so many great like stories in there. And I wanted any of them to be more than the game really had time to do. And that's like me personally having an issue with it. I feel like they did a very good job with what they had to work yeah. with yeah. in that game. Um, but yeah, and for Baraka, I feel like it's interesting. It feels like things are wide open. On the one hand creating a new timeline, Liu Kang and Katana not necessarily going to put like Tarkatan uh, wellness at like the top of their list for things that are important in this new timeline. That said, having Katana there is cool because one of the last things that happened to her before she became like the arbiter of time was that she saw Baraka make the right choice and align himself with her. Yeah. And then she led him to his, not necessarily death, but like erasure. So... Uh, I like to think that in this new timeline, whatever happens, who knows, it could take place, the next game could take place a thousand years ago, 500 years ago, 2,000 years in the future, or chronologically the day after Mortal Kombat 11. Um, but I hope that Katana will take care of Baraka and make good on her offer to let the Tarkatans live in a time of peace. Yeah, yeah. And also, I feel like in a, you know, in a, in a mythology where it's like, well... We're going to let in Xenomorphs and Predator and Freddy Krueger and and um, uh, Jason Voorhees. Are, am I getting these right? These are like mm-hmm. all in yeah, 10. They're in all, 10 they're you can all play all these Mortal characters. Yeah. I feel like if you're going to let a Xenomorph into the Mortal Kombat mythology, you are morally obligated to bring in Baraka first. Yeah. Oh, well, it's well, funny you say that because the Xenomorph <laughs> has all of Baraka's moves. In Mortal no. Kombat X. What? And uh, they kind of imply that the Xenomorph is a 
is was is actually made with Tarkatan DNA. Yeah. What? Oh yeah, no. They, yeah. They, I I remember I was looking into this. All of those side characters, you will have to fill in this gap. But there is a an in canon reason that they're in the game. It's yeah. not just doing it for fun. Like the dream world that Freddy Krueger's in is just another realm. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And God, there's a crazy thing for Jason. I can't remember. All what of them, it is. they they yeah. actually like find a way to patch them in yeah. in canon. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. It's nuts. It rules. I have is, to rethink everything. Is uh, is the Xenomorph from Earthrealm? I guess not because I, you said he's par- partially Tarkatan. I think, I think it's like, yeah, somehow from a mutation in Outworld, a Tarkatan, DNA something, yada yada, over to Earthrealm, but another planet in our solar system. Like, but at the planet from was much, L242. How much unbelievable fun must they have in the writer's room the before most. that where they just they must just have so much weed uh, put me in coach and they're just <laughs> i want to be there they're just having a good time just being like and what if like the what if freddy krueger's nightmares are actually another realm like that's the greatest idea i've ever heard yeah is the only thing you can say to that yeah i understand freddy krueger to some extent if it's like okay i get that he has a dream realm but which is a fact he does have a dream realm in all those movies how does jason Voorhees end up Earthrealm. There is there is something. I think it is just that he's from Earthrealm. Oh, okay, got it. All right. And that he is yeah. the undead. Right. But I think there is like a magic. Someone might reference magic in that game or something. It's a whole thing. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I get I get predators too. Because like, well, if you got xenomorphs, you got to have predators. Yeah, but does it. predator have a connection to Tarkatans, Baraka? I don't think so. I think he might. Oh, he's either just Cyrac, from another planet or, in Earthrealm, or he is. I bet he hunts them. Yeah. I bet he hunts yeah. them for trophy. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why he's in out. Yeah, that's why in MKX he's in Outworld is to hunt. Uh yeah for for sport. Wow. Is he is he not related to isn't there another like biological robot a few of them in the They're not the game? they're cyborgs but they're they're, ni- they're ninja from the Lin Kuei from Sub-Zero's clan who And they don't say predators one of those? No. Okay. No, they don't. Um but before we wrap things up, uh there's one more segment in the show and that segment is called Choose Your Destiny. And so I have a question for you guys. It is if you were in the Mortal Kombat universe, what realm would you be from? What would you be? Who would you be? And what would your fatality be? Who would you be in Mortal Kombat? Clock is ticking. What? Come on, you do this for a living. Yeah, you want to get it right. Yeah. We don't do it fast for a living. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> All right. First instinct was uh, Sub-Zero because I always play Sub-Zero because I know how to... I, I, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, because he's remained in it, uh, I know basic Sub-Zero moves no matter what version it is, the, the, the neat stuff. But then again, who is the the gunslinger ripoff guy? Oh, Aaron, Aaron Black. Black. I here's the thing. I understand he's a hard character to play. I just think he's so cool looking, and I'm shallow. I'd be Aaron Black, I guess, because I did, think he's cool. Did you know? Apparently, well, but, but, uh, according to like like professional Mortal Kombat X players, the ones that play in tournaments, mm-hmm. he's like the he's apparently there's something he can do that is so powerful if you do it right that that's like a, just like a it's, he's an overpowered character considered. Yeah. But I've played him. I was like, I don't even. But know But Justin, what the hell I don't want to. I don't want to know which of the characters in Mortal Kombat you'd be. I want to know who you would be if you were in the Mortal Kombat universe. Like, oh, what based would off Justin, my own character. Yeah. Justin oh, Benson? Would you? I mean, if I could push you in a certain direction, you just mentioned those two characters. It, is it possible that you would be a ninja from the Lin Kuei clan who leaves to become a bounty hunter? Oh man, this is. 
It's painful. You're like, you need really to warn hard. us a little bit. Yeah. Like, I shouldn't have us. asked. I shouldn't have asked writers. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, you can't. Um, you don't want to just get it wrong. I mean, Aaron, you, you claim to have you listened look, to the podcast before. So yeah, I forgot I feel like completely. I remember thinking about it. I was like, I need to figure that out, and just completely forgot. Yeah, it you exists. fucked up. Yeah. I feel like to look this far inward, we would have all had to do like a lot of mushrooms before this. Yeah. You like know, have like lose your ego. Look at yeah, who are with, you actually? Okay, let me let me try to like piece it together. But I don't have an actual full thesis. Um, is it the Nether Realm or Outworld that has like purple sand and boiling Outworld. acid? Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I would definitely be from Outworld because that's way too cool looking. Same. Hell yeah. I just it would just be like a psychedelic kind of uh, Hodorowski esque. Oh yeah. Trip. Yeah. Hodorowski uh, for sure ripped life. off Outworld when he was making El Topo. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I, I I think I would. Nope, I was about to say I think I'd be Baraka, but I feel like it's just like wearing the band shirt to the to the concert. Yeah, saying no. that. So, and also that's not the question you're asking. I feel like you'd either. make a good centaur. I feel like you'd make a good. I want something that has. Oh, you know what? Um, okay, got it. I know exactly what it would be. Is I would find a little outworld creature, um, and it would be on my back, just like um. What's the what's the big guy and the little guy girl? Ferretor. I would I would become whatever that kind of a thing is, um, but my uh, my fatality would probably I'd probably just talk him to death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. like like with both of us, we'd just like yammer at him. Mm-hmm. I yeah. definitely have a little creature. Okay, okay, yeah. that's tight. Yeah. Okay, and would you be from there? I would specific look, species. Yeah, I would look really really freaking awful like so a full-on be... toxic sludge avenger okay but huge okay yeah so a sludgy slimy outworlder who has a symbiotic relationship with a little a little creature that yeah. rides in your back yeah best and friend you just talk people's ears off yeah hell yeah. yeah justin um i think maybe i'd be melina because he's, he's just pick another character yeah no just an original character you have to invent a mortal Kombat oh, character. Invent a character yeah yeah um oh man I think I would be uh Melina and Aaron Black have a kid. Uh, oh okay. That's good. And and I think I'd be that and then people would be like, "Hey, you're a combination of this this and that." And I'd be like, "I don't even know what you're talking about. I was just like created. I don't even know what mm-hmm. What, so, so you're what like, that is. So you're I, like a quarter Tarkatan, yeah. like three quarters human. Yeah. 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 And then and then I think, you know, like I don't think I think I'd like to be Aaron Black, but I'm not really into firearms. So I don't think I'd Yeah, have. what would you think of Aaron Black? I feel like you'd, I think you'd I'd, watch I, your dad like shooting people all the time. I think honestly, I think I would have like kind of like less respect for him because I'd be like, Oh, everyone else can fight and With you just fists. like shoot a gun. Yeah. Like that's like the lazy that's like a yeah. lazy and B kind of cheating. Yeah. And I mean, technically and, everyone else has magic powers, but there are still those who don't have magic powers and still just fight. Yeah. So, so. Are, you, so are you just like a pacifist in the world of, I, I think I, I would, I'd fight when I have to. Mm. Um, I would never like carry a gun like my dad did. I'd just be like that again. Like, so lazy. almost ironically, you're like, you're, you're not unlike a Shaolin monk. But you are living in Outworld, mm-hmm. the child of a bounty hunter and an assassin. Yeah. And but I, trying to live as a pacifist, but 25% yeah. of you is, is vicious and... and Yeah, and I have a fucked up girl. 
Yeah. Okay. And on top like of really, that, like really bad teeth. Like, I, is it I, like a normal tell, size like, mouth, but they're still fangs? Ooh. Uh, yeah. What if you fangs like filed them down like Aleister Crowley or Baraka? Just got sharp teeth. And yeah. Do you, do you have arms? Do you have arm spears? Um. Yes, but I, 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 uh, I keep them. You keep them sheathed. Keep them sheathed. Yeah. Great. Ask By the way, answer. did yeah. you also take your father's name, therefore making your name Aaron, because you want to have my name? E- well, his name's Aaron E R R O N. Yeah. It's not Plus, nobody I knows be, that listening. We're just phonetic. They know. I would oh, just phonetic. I, they know. I would be. I would be female, and and I, my name would be Aaron. Okay. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Female version of me. Yes. Guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, where can people find you if they want more? Aaron Warhead and Justin Benton in their lives? On Twitter with those exact names. Great. At Justin H. Benson. Great. At Aaron Moorhead. And uh, if there's any chance for you to check out Synchronic, uh, am I allowed to say that I've seen it? Uh, yeah, you are. Okay. You are. So, just can't say what it's about. So I've seen it and it rules and you should see it. I reprise my character special thanks. Uh, he, he was also in the film The Endless. Um, so, you know, keep an eye out uh, for that. And yeah, check it out uh, at TIFF on September 7th, 9th, and Tickets are available 13th. today yeah. if you're listening to the podcast the day it comes out. Uh, and check it out when it comes to theaters everywhere uh, at some point. Cool. That's still getting worked out. <laughs> cool. Thanks, guys. Uh, and everyone listening, as always, uh, friendship.